Hey guys, welcome to the Be Different Podcast. We are your hosts, Brian and Shayla. We are inviting you into our living room to have real conversations about people being different. So come hang out with us. We will talk about real life, everyday stuff, things like marriage, parenting, and why doing life together is always the best option. We'll talk about the good times, the stressful times, and the times that you might feel like giving up. You can learn more about our story at anguishhearts.com. Don't forget to connect with us on social media and welcome to our community. Grab your popcorn and brownies and join us each week. Hey, what's up? Welcome to the podcast. We are your host. I'm Brian. And I'm Shayla. Welcome back to another Tuesday. So thankful that you found us. Whether you are new to the podcast or repeat listener, welcome. So glad you are here. It is a big day today, Shayla. Big day. It's been a big couple weeks. Yes. Uh, or a big week, at least. Big week of celebration. If you've joined us before, you know that we are all about the dates. We love reclaiming bad dates that are on the calendar, and we love celebrating great dates on the calendar. And this week, we have a great day on the calendar to celebrate. And we have been celebrating. We have been. We'll get there in a moment. We have to give you a recap of the last week. Uh, we'd like to do that here in the podcast. And it's Sunday afternoon. We, we like to re- record on Sundays usually, sometimes Mondays. We've been no- known to record on a Tuesday. Tuesday evening. And flip it around and, and post <laughs> it on the same within the same hour. Uh, but it is Sunday, and we were hoping to jump on the podcast today to Bra- to celebrate. To celebrate the Chiefs going to the Super Bowl. Wah, wah, wah. We are from Kansas City. It just did not happen. We had the game. We had it. it we, we were blowing out the Bengals in the first quarter. But there are four quarters in a football game, and we didn't finish it out. We were not great finishers today. Maybe it's because I slept the first and second I was quarter. not going to say that. <laughs> <laughs> I was not going to throw I you. I was tired. You, you've had a big week. You've had a big week. We talked about uh, you have signed up for a half marathon. Yes. We talked about that last week, and I, I think I got in trouble for sharing that on the podcast, yes, letting the w- world know. So you had a, a big mileage week, probably the most mileage, miles you ran in a week in a long time. <laughs> really so long you, time. So you deserve to take a little bit of nap on yep, a Sunday afternoon. I deserve it. It is your day off of running, and you... I took full advantage full of advantage. it. Full <laughs> advantage. Uh, we ran together on Friday. Uh, you hit double digits for the first time since... Since... 2020. Since co- yeah, like your last half marathon, which yeah. was March of 2020. Uh, so that was a big milestone this week, uh, the past week. It was fun. We ran that together. Uh, we are each other's favorite running partners, right? Yes. So if you're listening and you have run with Shayla and I before, uh, we love running with you too, but... We are each other's favorite. You're my favorite, yeah. You're my favorite, too. And so uh, that was cold. Not quite as cold this this last week as it was the week before. Tr- that is true. You did not have icicles dangling from your eyebrows. But I did, have to, did have to, like, triple layer because it was still cold. Yeah, it's crazy Kansas City weather. Uh, any other updates for the last week? Oh, I, I, have a, I have an update. I didn't, I don't think I shared this last week. So a few weeks ago, if you have not been listening to this season, you need to go back and listen to our first couple episodes of the new year, uh, we talked about things to stop doing and then things to start doing. Mm-hmm. I have, is today's the 30th because again, it's Sunday. It's not, not quite yet February 1st, but my phone mm-hmm. has been out of the bedroom mm-hmm. for one month, for one month. High five. That was one thing that I said I wanted to start doing in the new year. 
And I think I've been doing pretty good. Do you miss it? I don't. I've been reading in the mornings, actually, before uh, I grab my phone. And then at night, I do not miss those late text messages. There's been nothing I've woke up to the next morning and thought, oh, my goodness, I missed that. Hmm. And you know what? I've told a couple people, hey, my phone's going to bed, so I probably won't respond if you send me a text <laughs> later. I, I think it's great. I love it. I, it has been refreshing. You didn't quite do the same thing as I did. I tried. <laughs> I mean, I, I have been off of it, like... In the morning, not as, I mean, I used to grab my phone the very first thing and, you know, whether Facebook, Instagram, which Facebook and Instagram is kind of the same thing. You know what I'm, not, not, I know it's different platforms, but people post the exact same thing. I don't know why. Well, they post at one place and it goes yeah. to the other. But yes, you, you have done a very good job. Yeah. I, I have really enjoyed not waking up and grabbing it. And I would say I, I, I gave myself the half hour rule and most of the time it's probably almost an hour before I grab my phone in the morning and then at night I just try to put it I put it on the charger and usually at least half hour before we go to bed sometimes longer and uh there you go I, I told the world that I would do that and I have uh kept my thing to start doing I've kept it going okay I have another question for you All right. since you have done such a great job with your phone how is the reading reading coming? is going well I have uh about 45 pages left of well, we finished a book a yes. few weeks ago, but we th- we said that was kind of cheating because we began that book last year. But my goal was to read at least one book a month, and I am 40 pages away from the book one. So it's Sunday, so I can read 20 tonight, 20 tomorrow. Game over. Game book open. will be done. And it's, been, it's a long book. It's like 280 pages, so I think I should get extra credit for that. <laughs> and it's small print. Oh, any pictures? No pictures. Remember, that's the book that I said. I, I, I said it was called Endure. And mm-hmm. then I said, is it called Endure or Endure? Endure. In, endurance. Short for endurance. Endure. I'll go endure. in with Endure. But I've learned a lot and I've shared a lot with you. Endure sounds like a Southern like accent. Endure. In, endure. Endure. Now, you say that about <laughs> 10 times in a row. You don't even know what the word means anymore. All right. There's all your recaps and updates. No air fryer updates for nope. you. Uh, if you are new, you're thinking, what did I get myself into? But we are having real conversations about people being different. And I guess <laughs> we're different. <laughs> giving you a recap of the last week. All right. Should we jump right into the content? Because I have a feeling today's episode might might get a little long. Yeah. Do you think it w- will? Probably not intentionally, but let's do there's, a lot, there's a lot in today's episode. And we have a lot to share. And I think I'm, I'm fairly confident this will impact everybody listening. Yeah. Whether directly or indirectly... Our goal is is that by the end of today's episode, you will have somebody on your mind or heart that you need to send this to. And uh, if that is the case, we encourage you to do that. Uh, we also encourage you to leave a rating and a review. That would be great if you could leave a five-star rating and a review for us because that does actually help. It, it, it allows the podcast to be more visible and for more people to hear about the Be Different podcast. So we encourage you to do that. Um, but it would mean the world to us if today's episode could be used for the good. Yes. Are you ready to jump in? Let's do it. If you're ready, say I'm ready. I'm ready. You're ready. Uh, today is February 1st. Well, listening to Feb- listening on the podcast would be at February 1st. We're actually recording this on January 30th. L- you're looking at, my, at your phone to make sure that <laughs> I'm lining those dates up correctly. If you're listening to this on Tuesday, it is February 1st. We are recording on January 30th. January 30th 
for you and I, Shayla, is a very, very important date. Yes. 14 years ago, today, I took my last drink. I battled an alcohol addiction for nearly 10 years. And today we celebrate 14 years of sobriety. 14 years. And, and when we both opened our eyes this morning, you said, you made it 14 years. Or we made it. You said, congratulations. What an accomplishment. Yeah. And, and that's a long time. Like 14 years is a long time. So we're going to unpack that today. We're going to unpack the last 14 years. But then we'll also unpack the 10 years prior to that. So how, how fast can we get through 24 <laughs> years of my life? Uh, we promise to give you some content in here to encourage you. But uh, just know that today's a big day for, for you, for Shayla and I, and there's zero chance I do this without you, Shayla. So, uh, this is not a day about me. This is a day about us. 14 years. And I, I remember this morning I asked you, do you miss it? Do, do you miss the, the quick fix of being buzzed or do you miss, um, the, the nights of coming home completely drunk? And I said, no. And you said, no. And we started talking and you said, we should hit record now and record <laughs> half, half the podcast, but I don't miss it. And, and I would say, gosh, it, it's really hard to put into words because I feel like that was such a, a long time ago, mm-hmm. but we always say I'm one drink away yeah. from going back. And I know it feels like it's been so long because it's been 14 years, Brian, but 14 years ago, <laughs> On February 1st, okay, um, we didn't know how long it would last, right? Yeah, we, I mean, because we, 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 we had gone through this pattern over and over again of, I'm going to stop doing this. This is, you know, foolish. Why do I keep going back to the bottle? And, you know, you talking, you know, for you, why, you know, you kept right. saying, Shayla, why do I keep going back? Why do I, I hate this? You know, I hate this person. I hate who I am. And why do I keep doing it? And, you know, 14 years ago on February 1st, I would have said, all right, we've, we've made it three days. Okay. We've made it a day. Yeah. I mean, it, you know, the, the last drink was on the 30th and yeah. so we made it January 31st Yeah. and we're on day two of this new journey Yeah. and almost uh, on your side of things. And I want to talk about that today. You were thinking, okay, how long is this going to last? Yeah. And on my side of things, it was day two of the rest of my life. But how do you convince somebody you've hurt for the past, you know, we were, let's see, that was 2008. We had been, we had been dating since 98. So how do you tell somebody almost 10 years of knowing someone, hey, this is the rest of my life when I had yeah, continually hurt you for 10 years around alcohol? Yeah. Uh, not all the time, but a lot of the hurt that was in our marriage is because of my addiction. And so, yeah, 14 years ago, we were on day two <laughs> <laughs> and here we are 14 years later and, and I will tell you that when, you know, I made the decision and we'll, we're going to talk about that story. We're, we, we'll get there. I promise when I, when I said, okay, enough is enough. You don't look ahead 14 years. Mm-mm. Like it's imp- because it's such a big mountain to climb. Yeah. You can only think about the moment. And when, you know, when you are one drink away, one hit away, one swipe away, whatever your addiction is, and you're trying to overcome that you really do have to take it. We, we say it all the time and you hear it all the time, one day at a time or even break it down to but one minute. We do. We break it down. Yeah. Hour by hour and, and minute by minute and, and, and just saying, okay, God, in the next minute, 
I'm not going to do this. Mm-hmm. And you stack up enough minutes together and you've got an hour and you stack up enough hours together. You have a day and you stack enough days together. You have a week. You start stacking weeks together. You have a month. You start stacking months together. You have a year. And you start stacking those together and you've got 14. Yeah. And it, it, it literally starts one moment at a time. Now, Shay, I want to go way back. And this was before you and I met and we, before we were dating. My story is a little bit different because a lot of people explore with alcohol in high school. I mean, I don't know the percentages, but a lot of people, that's just kind of what a lot of people do. Like you, you, you drink in high school and maybe it's a little bit, maybe it's a lot. You go to high school parties, people move off to college. If they didn't drink in high school, they usually start drinking right away in college because you're, you have this new freedom. Well, my story is a little bit different because I didn't start drinking until I was 21. I didn't drink at all through high school, didn't drink at all my first three years of college. And then once I became of legal age, my first drink was, you know, May. I turned 21 in February, and my first drink was in. It wasn't even like I waited until the the night of my <laughs> 21st birthday. It just wasn't something I did. And, you know, waited th- two and a half more months until I had my first drink. It was like the last couple weeks of, of my junior year of college. and And I will tell you, and for those listening that have battled addiction or if you are addicted right now to whether it's alcohol, drugs, painkillers, pornography, uh, whatever your addiction might be, you'll understand what I say next. Shayla, that first drink tasted different for me. Mm-hmm. And that for the addict, the first swipe feels different. The first hit feels different. That first drink, it felt different. And that began a 10-year pedal-to-the-metal hardcore addiction that I hit it really well. And most people from the outside never would have thought I was an alcoholic. But we knew what was happening behind closed doors. Yeah. And I remember it's through that journey of, of, of you many, many times asking, like, Will you just please stop? Will you just please stop? And and I I never, I wanted to in one breath, but I was scared to in the next breath. And I didn't even know what it looked like to stop because everything I was around involved it. And I think for me, there was a level of frustration because um, I remember there was one year when you said, I'm, I'm going to stop drinking pop. And, and you did. Like, you didn't drink pop. And, and I remember thinking, well, why can you stop drinking pop, but you can't stop drinking alcohol? Yeah. And, and, and in heated discussions that we would have, that would often come up and, you know, and you would be, you know, frustrated with yourself and you're like, you know, I don't enjoy this either. And I would just, you know, kind of yell back at you like, well then treat it like pop, you know, like give it, give it up. And, um, you, you don't understand, um, I want to say the thinking or the mind of an addict when, when they're in the middle of an addiction. Um, you know, because for me it was a, a no, you know what I'm saying? Like if, if we went out and I had a drink or two drinks, like the next time somebody offered me a drink, it was, you know, a no. And I didn't understand why you couldn't say no. Mm-hmm. And, and that led to a lot of arguments, a lot of heated discussions, um, a lot of late night tears. 
you know, and I just remember feeling very alone um, during this process because I, I hurt for you. But then on the other breath, I was really mad at you. Yeah. And, and so, you know, if, if you are listening and you are, um, you know, living with an addict or you have a family member that's an addict, you probably can relate to, to the emotions, right? Like, I, I just didn't understand why you couldn't stop. Mm-hmm. Or why, why I couldn't say no to even to begin with. Yeah. Not just stopping, but uh, l- let's share with the listener one, I mean, there's, there's so many moments, but you know, when we were dating and even in our, in our marriage before, you know, before the addiction really destroyed us and me, there were many times we were doing it together. Mm-hmm. It wasn't like I'm going out on my own and you staying at home. Like we were out together with friends and we'd go out to bars and clubs together. Like it was, it was together, but the difference you could control it. I couldn't. Yeah. And I think that's where the level of frustration for me went, you know, I'm like, okay, you've had two drinks. I've had two drinks. We've got to get home at some point. I'm going to shut her on down. Mm -hmm. Um, and, and we would even have discussions before going out, Brian, of like, Hey, tonight it's not going to be like it was last weekend. And you're like, yeah, no, it's not. It's not. And two hours into it, it was worse than last weekend. And, you know, and not that it would ruin the night, but it, it ruined the, the, the evening because I was so angry and I would just, you know, I would give you that side eye of like, really, Brian, really, here we go again. And, and that in, in my mind, like fueled the fire and the flame inside of you to continue to drink because, you know, I remember you would say things like, well, I've already drank a six pack, right? you know, why not 12? And, and it would just be like, I would just beg, Brian, please stop. Like for, for your health, for your safety. Um, and, and the nights were long and the nights were hard, but again, it was the wake of the next morning and the morning after that. And again, it was just this vicious cycle because we would get through Sunday and then to Monday, Tuesday, Wednesday, Thursday, and then Friday would hit again. And it, it just became very sad and a very dark place for us. Yeah, it was like a bad dream that we never would wake up from. Shay, I want to talk about one in particular story that I know you can go back to in a heartbeat. And it, it really set the stage for our marriage. And it was the night before our wedding. Mm-hmm. You know, again, looking at us now. People go, and you guys have, you have a great family. Your faith is strong. You've got a great ministry. Things are really, really good. And there were things that were not really, really good for many, many years for us. And looking back, it's like, man, we were pretty dysfunctional. Not only that, but we were very, very young. Yeah. (laughs) We were were 22 and 19. And for some of the things that I put you through at such a young age, I mean, it just, gosh, looking back, it's like, what, what in the world? Like, how did we, how did we survive? We almost didn't survive and only by the grace of God, did we? But, you know, we had been dating for about 15 months, super quick engagement, super quick marriage or wedding. But in those 15 months, it was a pretty wild ride. Yeah. Like you knew my behavior, uh, and you knew my, um, 
you knew my patterns and you knew when I got around a certain group of people, what would happen. And so you had very, uh, strict, uh, a strict, uh, no, 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 I'm not, uh, you had a very strong request. How about that? I was, yeah. I was going to say a strict rule. You had a very strong request the night after our rehearsal dinner and, and, and before our wedding, you said, you, you, do you remember your request? Yeah. I said, Brian, I don't care if you go out with the guys, but d- just please don't drink. Like, I don't, I don't want our, our day tomorrow to be ruined. And I said, oh yeah, I won't. I'm going to go to, I think you even said, I think I'm going to go to bed early. Yeah. And, and that was, I'll, I'll say that was my intentions. And, and we were back at the hotel. I mean, we were, it was super small town in Western Kansas. There was, there was a couple, maybe one hotel. I don't know. We were all at the same hotel. And, uh, a friend said, Hey, let, let's go to the bar. And I'm like, nah, I, I, <laughs> I, I don't know if I said, I can't, don't want to. I want to make sure I get some sleep tonight. He's like, no, let, let's go. We'll just go have one. And, you know, of course that turned into, uh, hours there with most of the wedding party and, uh, woke up with a hangover, which was pretty common for our relationship Mm -hmm. the first seven, eight years. And, uh, I just remember the disappointment on your face when I saw you the next day of you went out. Like, yeah. I didn't, you didn't have to, you didn't have to ask me. No, I could just tell. You could tell, you could just see it on my face. And, you know, unfortunately we have, we have reminders of that. Uh, I think we have very few wedding pictures that my eyes are open. You know, my cheeks were red. Uh, I just didn't look, I looked like I was hung over. Yeah. And I wasn't in a healthy place to, to, you know, to begin with, but it definitely didn't help that I was hung over. And, uh, your your side of that that was a start that was a shattered dream from the get-go i think more than anything i was just uh, it, i was brokenhearted because i <laughs> i felt like the the wedding wasn't important to you yeah and um and, and i remember <laughs> looking at the wedding photos um, when, when we got them back and and feeling just very empty because you're like, well, nope, not that one. My eyes are closed. Oh, and then, and then I think you even tried to blame the photographer. You're like, well, I didn't even know when they were taking pictures. And now to my defense, our daughter takes most pictures nowadays <laughs> with her eyes closed. So maybe it is hereditary. <laughs> but I, are we going to talk about your shoulder pads or are we just going <laughs> to, we're just going to, it, it was a, it was a wedding in the late, it was 99. Yeah. So, I mean, it was a style, but I, but I just remember thinking like, like the, these are my wedding pictures and, and, you know, I had one request and like, I can never go back and redo those. And, and I just, I just remember thinking like he, he, Brian, like Brian, you didn't care. You didn't care enough about me. You didn't care about like our wedding day. Um, and, and just really shattered dreams. And not only just for that, that day, but for the years to come, you know, not too long ago, I don't even think I shared this with you, not too long ago, um, our daughter Addison said, mom, do you and dad have any wedding pictures? Hmm. And I'm like, we do, but it's a painful memory for me to go back to. Yeah. We have a lot of those painful memories, Shayla, early. Yeah. Right. I mean, they're, you know, that, that, those all add, add up to the redemption story that we have and, and the, the big puzzle that 
that we were able to piece back together that was basically thrown all over the floor and and there were a couple pieces missing and we got those pieces and we put that that puzzle back together but you know that was the beginning of you know really really difficult time as we you know we began our marriage on a on a negative note and again it wasn't really even talked about it was just like we went on with the next day because you know we had a honeymoon and then we're gonna drink in mexico and it was like oh we'll, we'll just move on like we didn't really talk about the disappointment i think it was because it had happened so much already that it was just it just it's just what just what i did it was it was the the norm yeah it was the norm that we knew so let's fast forward a little bit and you know our our marriage was obviously up and down the first four or five years and and then we hit rock bottom in october of 2006 and you know at that time you know shayla you had found out about the affair that i was in and and you had left and we were separated for quite a few weeks and, and went through some intense counseling and, and again, through the grace of God, we were, uh, marriage was healed. We were restored, uh, a lot of grace and forgiveness and restoration took place. But one thing that, that we did through our conversations, you know, it, it, it involved alcohol mm-hmm. because that was such a negative piece to our story. So what we did is we, we just put boundaries around it. It was very, it was very simple. It was okay. We're not going to drink alone, and when we do drink, it's not going to get to get drunk, but just to have a casual glass of wine or a beer, watching the Royals game. Very, very strict rules around it. And did we ever even talk about like eliminating it? I, I don't think so at that point. Um, I, again, because we knew it was a we knew it was a problem. We knew it was a problem, but I don't think that we. I, for me, I, I knew that eliminating it was never going to be an option. Yeah. It was like, how can I contain it? Is, and and again, for the listener, like, I, and I'm not saying that I was perfect, but it, it, this wasn't my problem. But if I could contain it for Brian, then things would be better. Would be better. Yeah. Yeah. And, and I, I'm definitely a rule follower. And so uh, the, the, I look back, I mean, that's, prop, that's one of the main reasons why I didn't drink until after I was 21, because it was against the rules. It was against the law. So I was, I'm a rule follower and, you know, if we're not going to drink alone, then, and here's the thing, I, if we had set rules before I gave my life to Christ in October, 2006, I would have just broke the rules mm-hmm. I'm behind your back. Cause like, Hey, out of sight, out of mind, you know, teachers away the, well, and we even tried that. I mean, oh, when, we when things would yeah. get really, really bad. Okay. I'll I stop mean, drinking and it would you, be yeah, it would a month or three months. I mean, I think the, I think the longest I ever went before that was probably three months. Yeah. Maybe. And then you would make up for it. The, you know, the lost time of right. the three months you were sober. Right. Uh, but, you know, when we we put those boundaries around it and followed those boundaries and, you know, no big deal. Uh, and I don't, you know, I, looking back at those 14 months from October of 2006 through, uh, I guess, is it 14 months? Yeah. Uh, 16 months through... January 30th of 2008. So yeah, what is that? 14 months, 15 months. I don't remember too much of a battle. Like it was just, we followed the rules. We stayed within the boundaries for you. It's no big deal. Cause you know, that was just the way you live life. But for me, I, do you remember much of those, of those 15 months? But Brian, I think a lot of that 15 months, we were really trying to restore what was completely broken. Sure. And so I think that we had, um, our, our priorities had changed a little bit. Um, I, I really don't remember going out, um, 
you know, to to the bars anymore right. because it was almost like w- we needed to <laughs> change our lifestyle. We definitely did, and, and we changed the people we were around. around. Yeah, and so I I think that um, we were focusing on on so much that. I don't want to say we didn't have time because in that time we did drink, yeah. um, you know, never, never got drunk or, you know, never but alone. It, yeah, but it was, you know, maybe watching a Royals game on TV or something. Um, but, but I think, I think we were preoccupied in those months. Yeah. That, that I think that's a fair, a fair statement and everything was great. Like, you know, we were again, back together. We, we were, following Jesus. We were serving at our church. We were involved with our church. Like things were, it was, it was like what I had been missing for so long. Like really things were really, really good. And then the K-Love cruise happened. And again, these monumental moments in our story, as we all have these monumental, monumental moments in our stories, uh, I had surprised you with a cruise out of Miami uh, the K-Love Cruise. If you listen to Christian radio, you're probably familiar with K-Love. It's uh, basically a, a normal cruise during the day, all the excursions, and then at night they bring Christian artists out on the cruise, and they have concerts, and uh, it's just a, a really, really cool environment, atmosphere, and it was a gr- it's the only cruise we've ever been on, and it was great. Like We went to Miami, I ran a marathon, hopped on the cruise cruise ship that night, and or the next day, and then headed to Key West and Cozumel, and like it was supposed to be incredible. Yes. And it was memorable. Definitely can we, memorable. Can we say that? I mean, Definitely. it was incredible. We we met some incredible people, some friends that we became very close to. We had a great time together. Um, but then those dark moments creep back in. Mm-hmm. And, and here's what, here's, here's how the day went down. So we went to, we were at Key West the first day, right? Mm-hmm. We got off the ship. We, we walked around Key West and I remember we went and got, uh, we had a drink at like the world's smallest bar. Like that was their gimmick, right? Like mm-hmm. it was like a yeah. tiny little bar, like in, the, in an alley and, and you know, it was a coconut, fresh coconut and, and I don't know, probably poured every whole bottle of rum in there. And we had that. I, I think we even have a picture of, of that, of mm-hmm. us standing. It was the last picture of me holding a drink. And then uh, we went to Cozumel, and and we had booked an excursion, a snorkeling excursion. And I remember read, reading about this, and it said that the 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 boat, the catamaran, had an open bar. And I'm like, huh, this is going to be interesting, because we're on a cruise, a big cruise, cruise ship with thousands of Christians, and this excursion will be full of people that are on this Christian cruise and it's open bar. I thought, I wonder if these people are going to drink. I didn't talk to you about this. No, uh, this was internal, an internal conversation I was having myself and we get out on the boat and, and uh, needless to say, the people were drinking. Yes. <laughs> You're like, yes, <laughs> very much so. <laughs> and, uh, and we were drinking cause we were together. It was, you know, within the boundaries and we would have a margarita and, um, and the waiter was walking around the, 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 the boat taking orders and I knew you were counting drinks because he would come by and, and give us a drink. So I thought it would be great, great if I would go back to the bar and get drinks for us. 
even though there is somebody walking around getting drinks yeah that's that that looking back that was the i was being very deceitful mm-hmm. obviously and even in the moment i knew what i was doing I, I was i was i was sneaking drinks behind your back because i knew you were counting and so i would go back to the bar and i would i would get two margaritas but i would take a shot of tequila and i would drink a i would pound a beer as quick as i could and i'd walk back with two margaritas and so all you knew was the fact that i had another margarita for us i did that three or four times probably which the margaritas by themselves would have done the job done the job but i was taking additional shots and drinking additional beer and we got back to off the the uh, catamaran and back to the 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 cruise ship standing in line and and i'll tell you to the listener i don't have only seen shale look at me with her eyes twice once was the morning she came home when she found out about the affair and the second time was was in this moment on the cruise ship shale the pain that was in your eyes I'll let you explain what you were feeling in that moment. I think, Brian, even <clears throat> you you talking about the catamaran and, you know, me, me sitting here across the table listening to it, um, it, it, it brings a lot of emotion yeah. to me. You're very quiet. Um, <laughs> <laughs> because, uh, you know, y- you say things like, I knew Shayla was counting. And, you know, I... I I felt very exhausted by trying to control you. Mm -hmm. And if you're, if you're listening and you're like, this is my aha moment, like this might be your aha moment. I, I had a really hard time realizing that this was a battle that I could go to army, be in your army to help you fight. But this was not my battle to fight for you. It's really good. And, and I remember that, that night, um, as we're standing at the port getting, um, onto the cruise ship, um, the, the pain from the wedding night, the pain from the years of, of begging you to stop, um, the, the pain of, you know, I, I mean, I, I felt like you thought I was stupid because I had had the exact same amount of alcohol that you had, but yours must have been stronger because, you know, and, and I remember thinking, you know, why is, why is Brian getting trashed right now when, you know, we've had two margaritas and I'm standing on a boat and you're falling over and looking like an idiot. And, and I remember... <laughs> when we were standing in line at the port to get back onto the cruise ship, you were just, I mean, knocking into people. And, you know, for me, it was embarrassing. You know, I, I, I thought how, like, I don't even want to be associated with this guy. I'm, I'm exhausted. I'm tired. And, and that was my aha moment of, I will no longer try to control you. I will no longer try to beg, plead, um, cry, uh, whatever it is for you to stop drinking. Like you looked like an idiot. You were an idiot. And you said to me, I've got to go to the bathroom and we're in this long line to get on the port. And, and I had your passport. And I honestly, at that point thought I'm going to leave Brian and Cozumel. Like I, again, it was just 
shattered dream after shattered dream after shattered dream and I was just exhausted and you know at the time I would say this and I wouldn't say this now but unfortunately you made it back to me as we were getting onto the cruise ship and and I I didn't want to be with you I I didn't want to see you um and and that night on the cruise we were looking forward to um, an artist by the name of Jeremy Riddle and we we got back on um, the cruise ship and I, I just went straight to our room and I remember you said I'm I, I'm I'm going to this concert and I said I'm staying here and again when when you have lived through what I had lived through right we were healing from an affair we were you know trying to heal from the pain of the pain that alcohol had caused in our marriage and and here we are again yeah and um well and and i'm going to stop you for just a second i i in that moment would you say all of those emotions those all of that anger all that hurt came rushing back oh for sure all of, all of the things that we had overcome and restored and rebuilt over the previous 12 to 13, 14 months was all destroyed. Well, and I, I even thought in my mind, like, okay, so we have one more day until we get back to Miami. And then, like, after that, like, I'm just going to leave them. Like, I, I can't keep doing this. It's it's that emo- emotional roller coaster, yeah. right? And, and, and not that it wasn't, I, you know, I didn't want to sit there and go, this isn't fair to me. Darn it, it was not fair. This is not how a husband and a wife should be living, you know, a, a happy, healthy marriage. And and I didn't know how much more I could take. And, you know, when you left to, to go to that concert, I thought, well, he, I, I mean, I thought these things, like he'll never make it back to our room because he's too drunk. He's not even going to know what room we were in. And nor am I going to let him, am I going to let him in? He can, he can find a place to, to stay for the night. And then, you know, the, the fear of the affair stuff, you know, just, it it just rushes up and, um, you know, and then the, the weird mixture of all of that, Brian, I hurt for you. Like, because I knew that you couldn't be happy at where you were. Yeah. And, you know, I had not nice things to say to you because I was hurt and I I didn't know where to go from there. Yeah. What you just said, I know hit the listener because if you're listening and you are living with an addict or someone you care about is an addict, what you just said, you were so angry, but you were also hurting for me. It felt so twisted. Because you loved me. Because I, I loved you. And I, and again, I think that was my aha moment of like, this was, this was your battle to fight. It wasn't my, and for so many years, I made it our battle. And well, you thought you could control. And I thought I could. My could, behavior, which would therefore win the battle. Yeah. And, and I think if you are living with an addict, if you know an addict, if your kids are an addict, like, I think that's the natural thing, right? Like I would, you know, (laughs) like you just said, it made me feel bad when I would say, please don't drink. And you were like, why are you controlling me? And again, it's that manipulation because 
the person living with the addict is is shattered inside because they can foresee what is going to happen Mm -hmm. because it the pattern happens over and over and over again and and i remember on that that cruise ship in that room by myself i was like all right god i i mean i don't i don't even know where to go and i remember just saying this is your problem god like i am i am no longer going to tell brian and, and I remember even thinking, I'm not even going to tell him how I feel. I'll just let him be the idiot. I'll let him get drunk. And you know what? Like, I, I will just continue to live with an alcoholic. And unfortunately, yet yeah, fortunately, um, and unfortunately at the time, you made it back to the room. And, um, you know, that I next... Might, I might still be on that cruise ship. <laughs> <laughs> but... You know, I I remember thinking that next day as the boat swaying back and forth and we're heading back to Miami, you know, you kept saying, oh gosh, I just don't feel good. And, and again, the, in the twisted way of somebody who lives with an addict, I'm thinking, would this not be enough for you to stop? Yeah. And, and it, and it, it, it wasn't, I mean, it, it, again, the patterns of, of an addict are so, um, I would say easy to, to watch and to unfold and to predict very, very predictable. And, um, and again, Brian, I, I remember sharing with you literally the devastation that I felt. And, and then I remember you saying, I'm done. I'm, I'm done. And you're like, and I said, and I've heard that before, but, Again, for the listener, I want you to understand, like, I, I, (laughs) I gave up all control because this, again, I was going to army. I was going to be in your army, Brian, but I wasn't going to, to be the one fighting this battle for you. It, it, it had to be your decision to stop. Believe it or not, I actually do remember waiting in line bits and pieces on the crew like waiting in line at the port i remember i obviously remember your 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 look the hurt in your eyes i remember the conversation in our room about going to the jeremy riddle concert and you were like i'm not going and we had talked about it all week like that was the one artist we were so excited because we had because we hadn't seen him before i think almost every other artist we had seen seen them in concert somewhere and 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 I, I think that's the only time we ever saw, I, we never saw him after that, right? Mm-mm. It was, well, you've never seen him. I've never seen him. And I don't remember hardly anything about seeing him, but I made the decision to go and, and it was a life changing decision. Like it would have been very easy for me to just, we were both angry, lay down in the bed, pass out, wake up the next morning. But I made the decision I was going to go and how I found it. I have no idea. I don't remember though I don't remember much about getting to the the concert but I do remember the venue and it you know on a cruise ship there's obviously a a big like kind of an auditorium type room he was in like a little bar area he was it was a very low ceiling he had he was up on a riser and he was on a bar stool with an acoustic guitar like there were no lights there were there was no band there was no production it was him a bar stool and a microphone and I remember l- leaning up against a pillar in the room because the boat is swaying back and forth, but obviously I'm very, very intoxicated. And so I'm 
leaning against the pillar to to really keep from falling over and and i just remember shayla the the tears flowing down my face because we were we were restored like our marriage was back together we were back to brian and shayla and we had had such a great time in miami for the marathon and we had such a great time on the cruise ship the first two days and it was like i destroyed the last 14 15 months by one decision that night or that day while snorkeling and it was like this flood of emotion and all the weight was back on my shoulders and i remember listening to jeremy sing and in at the time his most popular song was called sweetly broken and that was like the song like that was the one we wanted to listen to and hear and as it came on the tears just continued to flow and the chorus says this at the cross you beckon me you draw me gently to my knees i'm lost for words so lost in love i'm sweetly broken wholly surrendered and it was in that moment that i heard god speak to me once again like there's very few times i feel like i've heard god's voice i mean you get holy spirit moments and and things like that but i clearly heard his voice and he said brian you gave your life to me 14 months ago and for that i'm so thankful but you didn't give me your addiction leave your addiction at the cross and i will bear your addiction for you and i just i remember just verbally saying like god i can't do this on my own like you have to take this from me I, I, i've tried to do it on my own i've tried to do it for shayla i've tried to do it for our marriage i can't do this on my own and he just said leave it at the cross and i will and and, and that phrase i will bear your addiction like i will take it on for you and and again just listen to that chorus like at the cross you beckoned me like he like jesus was like begging me like come to the cross like i am on the cross waiting for you and and again like having a son now or or children like you're trying you know you they're across the room when they're toddlers you're like come here come on and you're like you're beckoning them like you're begging them to come across the room like just come over here or or even worse like if they're in danger and you're like you're calling them away from danger it was like it was like that it was like god calling like brian come to me I'm, i'm beckoning you come to me and i will i will bear this addiction for you and you know, in that moment, I'm like, okay, God, I'm, I'm, I'll, I'll leave my addiction here with you. And it was never, well, I hope 14 years from now, I'm having a, telling my story in a podcast. It was in that moment, I was so broken. I had, I had to turn it over. And again, the course, I'm sweetly broken, wholly surrendered, W-H-O-L-L-Y, not H-O-L-Y, like holy in a, in a, like Spirit, a Holy Spirit. Yeah, not yeah. in a spiritual way, but like the whole thing. Like Everything. Like, like I gave my life to you, Jesus, 14 months ago, but I didn't wholly surrender. And I was hanging on to that piece, like for whatever reason, because it, it in reality, Shay, looking back, like alcohol defined part of who I was. Mm-hmm. And, and I didn't want to let that go. But when I wholly surrendered, I was wholly healed. Yeah, so good. I could not be wholly healed until I wholly surrendered. And it was like, that was the final piece for me to go, okay, this Jesus, I will give this to you and I will follow you. And in, in my story, that was it. Like that, I didn't have to go through a 12 step program. I didn't have to, you know, go live in a, in a sobriety home. I didn't have to, to go to rehab. Like, 
that was it. I, I, I literally surrendered this addiction to Jesus. And I said, okay, God, take this from me. And he took it from me. And we woke up the next day and I shared with you that I'm done. And you were like, mm-hmm. yeah, right. I've heard this before, but it was different. And how do you, how do you share somebody in that moment? Oh, it's different. Shayla, I promise. Yeah. But I knew in my heart it was different. And it was a battle that I all of a sudden invited Jesus into. And we talked about that recently on the podcast about the spiritual battle mm-hmm. and, and how do we fight through that spiritual battle? Uh, we talked two weeks ago, that was uh, on the podcast, I think episode 10, I think, but we talked about the spiritual battle. Like I had to invite Jesus into this, into the addiction for it to be healed. And here we are 14 years later trying to encourage other people that they can do the same. Yeah. You know, Brian, I want, um, I want to touch a little bit on this because through this journey of watching you, um, uh, suffer with an addiction, um, you know, it, for, for me, it, it wasn't an issue. Um, and I, and I never wanted to use that as a weapon against you, like, you know, and yeah. say like, well, I, you have the problem. I don't. And I'm sure I did right out of, you know, out of anger and, and again, maybe a little bit of manipulation because I wanted you to <laughs> see that there is a different way. And, um, and I remember when you said, I'm done, like I've surrendered this, like, and we had talked about the 15, 14, 15 months of the boundaries around drinking. Right. Yeah. And I remember, um, saying, well, we need to talk about this. Like this, this can't happen again. This can't be, um, you know, something every three, six, you know, weeks that happens. And then we just, again, that yo-yo effect for me. Or at this point, like we can't every 15 months, months. we can't have a flat, like a flashback and, and, and have a month of trying to pick up the pieces again. And then, yeah it happened again all over again. And I, and I remember asking you, um, because again, I'd given up control. Like I hadn't given up in you, but I had to give up the controlling piece of, well, if I can manipulate or control Brian, control the situation that you're in, maybe, you know, in, encourage a little bit stronger of, you know, only two drinks, not 12 drinks. Um, you know, I remember asking you, what do you need from me? And, and you said, just to be there for me. And, and I remember saying, Brian, if it, if it takes me not having another drop of alcohol, so be it. Like alcohol in my life was such pain. I mean, it even got to the point where, you know, we would go out and I would have a drink because the, the pain of what alcohol had done in our marriage took the enjoyment out of the drink for me. And I said, I'll give it up too." like, yeah, most people t- have a drink to take off the edge. Yeah. Like drinking gave you an edge, Ga- like yeah. put the edge put, on. Put, yeah. It made me f- fearful, Yeah, you know, fearful of the flashbacks of, you know, the affair that had started and uh, like fear of all of these things. Um, and I remember saying, Brian, it's like alcohols, like you are more important to me than, than a drop of alcohol. And, and again, 
going back to look at how God had created a man and a woman to come together, right? We were teammates, even though it was hard. I, I told you we're on the same team and you were a suitable helper. I it was a suitable and for me. And I, I haven't had a drink for 14 years either. Right. And well, We'll, we'll, we'll tell that story. We'll tell that story here in a moment. I was set up. <laughs> I, I don't want that to go unnoticed because again, this is a day that we celebrate. Yeah. And we've had some pushback from that, mm-hmm. from couples where we've walked through an addiction and, and you know, the, the wife or the husband has the addiction and, and they want to give it up and they want to become sober. And the other spouse says, there's no way I'm giving it up. And, you know, we, we push pretty hard on that because here's the deal. Do you love the buzz, the, 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 the glass of wine, the, the happy hour with coworkers more than you love your spouse? Mm-hmm. That's the question you have to ask yourself. And what is more important to you? Because I will tell the listener, if you were not, if Shayla, if you were not in this with me, it would have been very, very difficult. Sure. I mean, w- if we had alcohol in the house in those early days... It would have been very, very difficult. Yeah. Because the type of alcoholic I was, I didn't need it every day, but when it was around, it was gone. Yeah. So if you had a glass of wine and you went to bed early, I it wouldn't wouldn't have been uncommon for me just to go drink the whole bottle. And then you wake up and you're like, What in the heck happened? Yeah. Like that that's who I was and and I think that's a you know, that's a big part of the story is like you went to you you fought for this too. Mm-hmm. Like like you said, you had fought for it for so long. You were tired of being the only person fighting for it. But it was like once I took ownership and once I invited Jesus into it and once there was a, a, a transformation that took place, it was like Jesus brought you into our army <laughs> to yeah. fight for, to continue to fight yeah. because he knew we were stronger together yeah. than, than separate. And so that was a, that's a big piece to this. And so if you're listening and you are the support on the support team, we will encourage you to give up whatever that addiction is. Well, not addiction, but whatever that substance is too. Yeah. Be that person's biggest cheerleader because the, the battle that they are battling against we on, on the other side, we don't understand it. And, or we, do we know the magnitude of it? And you don't know the one word of encouragement or the one, Hey, I'm with you. You're not alone. That is, the one minute that they might slip up because right? you've had a spouse tell you it's not fair. Like this isn't my, like this I isn't don't, my fault. I don't yeah. have a problem with it. My spouse doesn't again, your team, you've got the same name on the back of your Jersey, your teammates and in two is stronger than one. Yeah. And scripture tells us a, a strand of three chords is stronger than two. And that's really what happened. We became a, a, a strand of three. Me, you, and Jesus together, we were gonna we were gonna take this on. Yeah. And you know, I, I'm gonna be very specific here and just give some encouragement and some some takeaways from today's conversation. But for the addict, like, don't get caught up in the mountain that's in front of you. Don't get caught up in I got to make it a, a year or six months or like we said before, it it's literally one day at a time. And and reminded of scripture. In Matthew, uh, Matthew, uh, let's see, it's Matthew 6, 34. 
says, therefore, do not worry about tomorrow for tomorrow will worry about itself. Each day has enough trouble of its own. Mm. And I've, I have shared that with hundreds and thousands of people over the last six years of just, it's just today. And again, maybe it's, maybe it's an hour. It's just the next five minutes. It's just the next minute, but let's just, let's just talk in days for right now. It's just today. When you wake up from the time you go to bed, don't take a drink. Don't open the cigarettes. Don't go buy a pack of cigarettes. Don't open the can of chew. Don't take the hit. Don't open the pill bottle. Don't swipe the porn on your phone. Whatever you're battling, whatever addiction that is, it's just today. Mm. That's it. Don't get caught up in the work party next week. Don't get caught up in, in happy hour in two weeks that you have scheduled coworkers. Don't get caught up in the conference in April. Like it's today. And then guess what? When tomorrow gets here, we're going to worry about tomorrow when tomorrow's here. Yeah. That's so good. And I think we get so caught up in like, because here, because I lived it, Shayla. I was so worried about like, okay, I got to, I told Shayla I'm not going to drink. So I got to make it, I got to make it a month or I got to make it six months. And like, you get so overwhelmed because then when you're faced with those decisions, you give in. Mm -hmm. But when you literally go day by day and say, okay, just today, because whatever is going on in your brain that causes you to be, be an addict to, to that substance. You, you have, you are so mentally strong. You might think you're mentally weak, but you are so mentally strong that you can make it one day. And then tomorrow we're going to make it a day. And then day three, we're going to make it a day. That's how you fight these addictions. Mm. It's, 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 Worrying about tomorrow when tomorrow gets here. Because as scripture tells us, today has enough worries of its own. So just focus on today. Shay, I love the series that we're in right now. Uh, if you've been with us for a while, the podcast, you know that we're part of Life Church and Pastor Craig Rochelle. Uh, we are in, this, this, in, a, in a series right now that talks about predeciding. When faced with decisions, you've already predecided what the outcome is going to be. And uh, I, I love. Uh, he has a fill in the blank each week and I wanted to share and I'll put it in the, in the show notes, but it says when faced with blank, I have predecided to blank. So in our, in my situation, when faced with alcohol, I have decided to not drink when faced with happy hour. I have decided to order water when faced with a mixed drink. I've decided to drink a Mountain Dew. <laughs> Right. Or, or whatever it is. And really that's what it boils down to. Like predeciding that I'm not going to give into this. Mm-hmm. And w- is it, was it hard? Absolutely. It was hard. I mean, I remember being paralyzed of how am I going to travel again? Like, how am I going to work? And, and again, we put some boundaries around it, but even before that, you know, I made the decision to, to surrender my addiction, but I remember even being together those first few days and weeks and we'd get together with people, Shayla. And it was like, are you not, you guys not drinking? And it was like, no, I'm not. And, 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 and I want to give the listener three things. And and if you're an addict, these are three things that you can apply today. And if you know somebody who's in the middle of addiction, you can pass these three things on. But the first one, Shayla is to fight an addiction is invite somebody into it. In our case, I was inviting you into it. But 
as the as we went on i was inviting others into it as well mm-hmm. for example in you know my my work my first work function inviting people in, like to let them know like hey what's going on like um oh, i've made the decision to not drink because in the reason i made that decision is because i made a lot of bad choices while drinking fair enough you don't have to say anything else you pre-decided right? pre-decided yeah. this is my this is my response this is what i'm going to share and i'm inviting those people into it so they know and you would be surprised the number of people over the years that are are you not drinking or hey let's go grab a beer after work or let's go hang out and and get some you know grab a beer together hey you know what i don't drink i'm i'm 10 years sober i'm 12 years sober now i can say i'm 14 (laughs) years sober oh man that's really awesome my dad was an alcoholic Mm -hmm. or or my cousin was an alcoholic or man i have a i had a coworker who battled that and he's been sober for five years like there somebody always has a story and and they respect that so inviting somebody into it is so important number two surrounding yourself with people who believe in you and surrounding yourself with people who it's they're healthy to be around you referenced this earlier we had to change our friend group yeah because the people we were around were not positive influences and so and and again we could have still hung out with them it was it was just a uh, one one drink away it was a slippery slope to disaster and again we pre-decided no, we are, you know, we love these people, but we, we can't go there. That's right. You know, we pre-decided what was best for us. And, and through that, it was really hard, but it was, it was us over them. We, my livelihood, our marriage was more important than our friendship. And if they didn't understand that, then that's on them. They weren't true friends anyways. That's right. So surround your people surround yourself with people who are like-minded who are positive influences on you and that can support you so you're inviting people into it surrounding yourself with people who will support you and then finally celebrate Hmm. celebrate a day don't wait for a year to celebrate don't wait six months to celebrate celebrate a day and if you have to buy 365 candles and blow out a candle every night on top of a cupcake then do it celebrate bro we have some friends who um they downloaded an app and it will tell them every day how many days they are sober and randomly they will post on social media like hey i'm so many days sober and and that's celebrating that's a celebration that's huge and if you have to get an app and it's two days celebrate two days celebrate those two days and those those people that you invited into it and that you're surrounding yourself with send them a text yeah hey we're on day two we're on a week we're at two weeks because those people will never get tired of you celebrating yeah uh shayla we were at church uh or church every week but last weekend we were uh we served together on the parking team and there was a, a couple that you noticed drove in the parking lot. They had Oklahoma plates. Uh, Life Church is our main campus. Is central campus is located in Oklahoma. So anytime there's an Oklahoma plate driving through our Kansas City, Missouri church, you kind of take notice because <laughs> you know. I mean, it could be Pastor Craig. He shows up. You make sure you greet him well in the parking lot. And uh, you notice they had Life Church sticker, and they got out and they had Life Church shirts on, and and they were. It, it was really interesting. They were they were visiting all four campuses in Kansas City to take pictures in front of. I thought it was kind of cool. 
Well, we start talking to them. He was he shared a little bit of his life church story, how he was invited into church and didn't want to go to church, but he kept getting invited and and he was an alcoholic and he was he was serving, but he was still an alcoholic. And then he made the comment, "I surrendered my addiction." Mm-hmm. And and he kind of just went through, like he kind of just brushed over it quickly. And I let him pause and I said, how long have you been sober? And I think he said eight, did he say eight years? Mm-hmm. And I said, oh my gosh, that is so amazing. Congratulations. I said, I'll, it'll be 14 years for me in about a week and a half. And he shook, he just, he reached out his hand and we just had a moment. We celebrated mm-hmm. because we get it and his wife gets it and you get it. And it was like this, this little celebration, celebration in, the in the parking lot and it never gets old, whether it's eight years eight days or eight hours like it doesn't get old so invite somebody into it surround yourself with people who will support you and that will be a positive influence and then celebrate the heck out of those those little moments of celebration and and if you can if you can implement those three things you will be so far ahead against this addiction and and i will go back to number one invite jesus into it Mm not just somebody else, not just your spouse, not just a friend, invite Jesus into that addiction and let him bear your addiction because he did it for me. He will do it for you. It is possible. And we celebrate today with you because we want to encourage you in your own story. Uh, Shale, I thank you for being vulnerable today. It's, we always talk about pulling back the curtains, <laughs> inviting people into our living room to have real conversations about people being different. Now, this is one of those moments that uh, our marriage is different because of a decision that I made Yeah, 14 years ago. Unique thing about that conversation with that couple in the parking lot a week and a half ago, uh, our daughter, Addison, she's 12. She was standing right there. And I, I turned to her and I said, this is our daughter, Addison. She will never know her dad as an alcoholic. Mm. And she just smiled. And, uh, and and in your story, in his story, it wasn't that case. He yeah. said, unfortunately, he goes, I did a lot of damage to my kids as they were growing up. He goes, but I'm not that person anymore. Yeah. And I said, that's right. Your story is not over. And so even if there are years of hurt and pain, we are here to tell you it's possible to heal from those years. Because I will ask you, Shayla, I'm sure there's still moments of, you know, what if he drinks again, but we are in a much better place. Yeah. And, uh, would you say that all the pain is worth it to get to where we're at now? Yes. And to be able to share with others. And so, uh, I just want to thank you for being, uh, in that fight with me after you realized it wasn't your fight to fight, but you jumped on, on this side of things once we once I made the decision to surrender the addiction. Mm, well, thank you. And Brian, I just, um, I'm so proud of you because I, I'm the only one who has seen yeah. this journey and, yeah. um, and I'm really proud because it is still for you one minute at a time, yep. um, one day at a time. And, you know, it used to paralyze me when you would say, Shayla, I'm just one drink away. And, and that's the reality of it. You are just one drink away. But that cord, that strand of three is strong. Yep. 
And for those that are listening, if, if your cord of three is not strong, check yourself because that's when Satan will come in. He'll just kick down the door and, and lead you astray. And Brian, I just think that there has been so many opportunities for you to to make the decision to drink again more than you even know more than you ever (laughs) that I even want to think about and it's making my armpits sweat (laughs) thinking about it but but I know you are always going to be one drink away but I know that you choose us over the substance so thank you you're welcome it's a day of celebration (laughs) for us leave you with this to think about as you might be fighting your own addiction or again living with an addict or have a loved one who's battling an addiction the power of freedom is greater than the power of the addiction i'll say that again the power of freedom is greater than the power of the addiction you might be thinking the the addiction is so strong i can't fight it but i'm here to tell you on this side of it the freedom that i have is what keeps me going. The freedom that I have from the addiction is greater than the addiction. And when you can start to think about that and experience the freedom, it 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 just grows. The freedom grows. It's contagious. It's like a, a, a snowball going downhill. It just keeps getting bigger and bigger. And, and the freedom is so powerful. And I just want to encourage you. It is so, it's such a freeing feeling to finally go, you know what? I'm an, I'm an alcoholic. I'm a drug addict. I'm addicted to porn. But today I'm putting a stake in the ground and I'm inviting Jesus and I'm saying no more from this day forward. That freedom is so much greater than the power of the addiction. It is possible to be healed. It is possible to pick all those broken pieces up and put them back together. So you can look back and say, that was that person, but that's not who I am now. And I'm not going to be defined by the addiction. Thank you so much for being part of our story. Thank you for celebrating with us today. Uh, Shayla, this wraps up, believe it or not, season five is in the books. It's done. If you are new to the podcast, we have 12 episodes in each season. uh, And we're going to take a little bit of a break. So Shayla, when are we coming back? We will be back February 22nd. All right, February 22nd. So we're going to take two full weeks off and we will be back the third week. Yes. So three weeks from today. Season six will drop. Crazy to think about. So if you are new to the podcast, go back. This is your time to get caught up. Uh, Go back and listen to all the other seasons. Uh, A lot of great content out there. So thankful that you're part of our community. Leave that rating. Leave that review for us. Again, that does help us. We will be back in three weeks. And remember the three things that we talked about today. Inviting somebody into the addiction. Surrounding yourself with people who will fight the battle with you. And there will be a good influence on you. And then celebrate the victories and the wins, whether that's one day at a time or one week. Don't overlook celebrating because when you surrender this addiction, it is possible to be healed. Be back in three weeks. We love you. So thankful for you. Be different.